Hello and welcome to Pop Salsa, a geek-centered podcast where we sift through the recent happenings in movies and TV. I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy Ernesto. Hey, let's get into it, shall we? So it's been pretty uh, slim pickings in the world of <laughs> entertainment news. Yeah, a, a few stories that caught our eye that we decided to talk about. The first one being, um, in <laughs> like, I know that that. Uh, in live plays, there have been adaptations from like, oh, we'll take this person's catalog, like Green Day or some shit, you know, mm-hmm. and then may build a whole story, story around it. And then there are the creators like um, the dude who did Hamilton, you know, right. they, they take an idea, a historical idea, and then they give it their own spin and they become huge box. Uh, is it box office? Mm-hmm. I guess, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think I feel like it was. You know, these giant box office successes and stuff like that, and and then you get on on one hand is like uh, the the creators of South Park who did Book of Mormon, and you know anything that they do mm. typically turns to gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, occasionally, yeah, occasionally we we get a story like this one that just is like, wait, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> but, but if Hawkeye, Hawkeye came out. A little over a year ago now and apparently there was a scene where they're doing a captain america musical mm-hmm, right like towards and now the that they're yeah. yeah and so now they're bringing it to to the stage i guess you, I guess you could say yeah, you can't even say with a straight face <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so like it's it's weird is this going to be part of the greater mcu do we know oh um i hope not maybe i don't you know you know I, i'm i'm really confused at this point yeah if you think it's going to be you remember like 10 years ago or something now at this point probably even more mm-hmm. where they were talking about doing a spider-man play right i vaguely and, remember and that like, and every like the major news stories that coming out that were coming out of is like where people were dying left and right and shit like that. It was, it was so dangerous. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't like I'm sure it wasn't that bad. No, I'm pretty sure nobody died because if they did, it would have been you know bigger news. Yeah, but I do remember hearing stories of like the person playing Spider Man. You know, the the wiring fucks up and they get slammed into the side of the wall and they broke their wrist and it it was insanely fucked up. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, yeah, and and you get these type of plays that in in essence are very theatrical. You know, like big, large, and stuff like that. And then you incorporate superheroes to that. Yeah, that just makes it it's it makes it seem like a little a weird, especially coming from a what I assumed was like a throwaway scene <laughs> in the Hawkeye series. Yeah, what I I I don't know. I'm a loss at words. I mean, it's super corny, I, I guess, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it is feels like it's just a five kind of thirty, not even a thirty minute. That's half the show, <laughs> five minute scene, just to yeah. show some sort of emotion with Hawkeye, you know, getting corny down and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just feels like that, that five scene, that five minute scene have such an impact that it, they decided to turn it into a full on full, full on production. Yeah. seems a little, a little weird, but all I know is that I am, (laughs) if, if this ever comes to town, which are you, uh, are you someone who likes plays? Yeah. 
Yeah, relatively. You do. Yeah, I do. And I'll probably yeah. be in line for this one if it ever went. Yeah, I'd be right there with you yeah. with my AMC bo- uh, theater box uh, popcorn. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear about that? The, yes. And Jesus. honestly, that got me a little excited. I'm not going to lie. Is it really? Yeah, because like I love popcorn. Right. Popcorn is a, a part of the quintessential movie going experience right mm-hmm. and Absolutely. for me my my movie theater of life i guess you could say has been amc mm. so i i have this you know ingrained sense of holy shit amc popcorn that's pretty i'm pretty sure i've eaten it so much it's changed my dna <laughs> through the years your, your 1.5 you know? lightly buttered <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, um, is AMC your theater of to of go to? It, it wasn't at the is beginning. It like Regal, yeah, it was Regal at the beginning, and then I was like, man, I'm just gonna go to AMC, just because it feels mm-hmm. like a better, a little bit better experience. And I haven't really yeah. got to the point at AMC. It's happened a couple of times, but the popcorn was super salty or it was old. But it's happened yeah. more in Regal than AMC. Yeah, I mean the the AMC with popcorn AMC is has a high hit to miss miss ratio. Mm-hmm. The few times I've had like terrible popcorn experience, so much so that it even ruins the movie. Yeah, it it hasn't been at AMC. Yeah, oh I see. Yeah, it's like oh, this. I don't remember what it's called, but there was this ghetto ass fucking theater <laughs> in on Crenshaw Boulevard. Mm-hmm. In, in 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 central LA that I went to, and it, you just going into, you could smell that they burned the popcorn. Oh, jeez! And I still roll, I still rolled the dice, so you know that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is that they're gonna sell their popcorn in Walmart. Mm. Hmm. And how I, fitting? We, <laughs> yeah, the lowest common denominator <laughs> <laughs> of America. <laughs> <laughs> what what intrigued me about the story is that we know that movie theaters in general are struggling, mm. and this is the only uh, option I've seen that uh, like a movie theater chain pursue where they're actually looking to diversify so that maybe they don't go out of business. Right, right. I'm not I'm not sure how if they're gonna start you know selling billions upon billions of dollars on just popcorn yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting avenue yeah it it is and I, I guess it speaks about what times we're going through that you have a, a theater chain wanting to diversify its portfolio with you know popcorn sold in stores and stuff like that like what's next pop-up restaurants AMC themed pop-up restaurants maybe action oh figures my God. you gotta we gotta <laughs> go back to like the day the days where it was like the old um fuck where you, you put in a penny and then you see a slideshow oh the nickelodeons <laughs> is yeah, that what the they're called they're right the nickelodeons for those who don't know it used to be kind of uh like binoculars you know those things you you put money in that doesn't work that it's like a binocular so you can see the hollywood sign for yeah. example it's kind of like that but it's stationary and you can see uh a slideshow you said Right, like, like a, a peep like show, a peep a show, show, you know, a little column A, column B kind of thing. Yeah, I would be so for that. You just put those shits on every corner, start <laughs> collecting, <laughs> collecting money. Uh, how, what if it's just freaking that little opening in every before every movie with Michelle Pfeiffer? Or is Michelle? Oh, oh no, uh, Nicole no, Kidman. Uh, excuse me, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Uh, it's the commercial. <laughs> it's, 
It's, it's I shot. was thinking the the uh-huh. I was thinking the jingle. Let's all go to the oh. lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. We need that song back. Honestly, Hell yeah, we, we need a remake of that. Yeah, you could you could make the clear distinction of the downfall of America when they stop using the "Let's go to the lobby" <laughs> uh, song. <laughs> but I mean, there there is something out there, and obviously because the. Everything has been so digital, digitalized now, and the access to uh, media uh, has been so open to everybody. It's the clear reason why theaters are are struggling, you know. So let's why not offer them or us a a an experience that we don't get anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of ironic, don't you think? I mean, yeah. we we have popcorn we can make at home, right? And then we can actually make you know a kind of experience we do in the theaters at home but it's also kind of i guess daunt not da- ironic right ironic with amc mm-hmm. watching an amc a movie that is from amc theaters at home <laughs> rather than you yeah. know going to the theater itself to see the movie yeah and for i had no idea that amc was around for like 100 years already yeah Right? Time flies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like when you ever go to a movie and it sells you the AMC 1920 to 2020. And you're like, they've, they've been around that long? Like, what the? Because growing mm. up here in Pasadena, um, we don't have an AMC in, in this area. Like, the closest one is in Santa Anita Mall. Yeah. And there was like, fuck, what's it called? The, there was the Arclight in Old Town mm-hmm. in Paseo, which closed, I think. Yeah, it did. Uh, I guess the pick in Old Town. The, like the, the I super pick? the I yeah, pick but that's that's more of like fancy. a boutique one, right? Because right. they they offer they make it more of like a dinner and a movie experience type of thing. But right. I was thinking like what what movie theater chains were around before all of that, and I can't really was it the Pacific? Was it re- was before ArcLight? Wasn't it a Regal? And then Pacific Arc- theaters, yeah. Or the where the ArcLight used is, is now, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was, I think it was a oh, it was a Pacific Pacific theaters. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. And then those went away, and the arc light came in, AMC, like a few miles from here. But yeah, that whole going to the movie theater experience—it's unfortunately, I'm not gonna say it's—it's it's like it's going away, and mm-hmm. maybe not in my lifetime, but eventually it, it it will. You know, it's gonna come to the point where we get beamed the the, the movie directly into our <laughs> brains, and then, like that was a good movie. Here's thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, here's forty five dollars. Yeah, for your laser Jesus. transplant movie thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jesus! But yeah, from it's just it's it's an interesting way, and then unfortunately, I have to go to Walmart to pick up some AMC popcorn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, come on, man, make it make it more accessible. Yeah. Like, why Walmart? Yeah, Target. Exactly, <laughs> Vons. Come on, Vons. People. Right, exactly. Of all places, straight. you know, you would want to have popcorn. It's Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, it works out for AMC the theater. I, I do like their their popcorn. I do enjoy it. Yeah, it's interesting. Moving on. <laughs> so, were you aware that they were working on a? Dune prequel series? Oh, yes. HBO Max? Yes. You were. Yeah, I was to because I don't hear much about it. I I heard that it was in development and then that's really it. And then now we have something that popped up. 
Yes, this is the first time I've heard about it. Mm. Fake fan. And, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I like the movie. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Uh, well, the first one that came out under Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah. The, re- the more recent I don't know one. I you say his name in. Yeah. Too. Oh, dude. So I saw, um, I recently saw Sicario for the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that film. No. But it's very, I was like, I was as I was watching this, it was like, huge landscape shots right mm-hmm. you know it's like oh this is awesome and then as as the movie went on i was like wait who the fuck directed this it was all good old fucking dennis villain yeah yeah exactly yeah i know that I, I but i don't know yeah i haven't seen it yeah so when you look he go to do really has a style yeah when you go to do and it's like huh i didn't know this was a nature documentary <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah. But uh, the reason why it came up in our radar is because the Dune sequel or prequel series lost its director and its star. Yeah, which mm, I I don't think that's going to be. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not going to be the death knell for this project. It's going to continue and power on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they could find somebody who actually knows the the source material pretty well and. At this point, they could pick anybody, and it's going to be a Dune, you know, series. Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I, it's it's it is kind of it's it's jarring, especially losing losing a director in the middle of production. I not a middle of production, but uh, during leading up to it. You're right. You know? Yeah, it's because it, it feels when a director leaves, that's kind of your like your leader leaving. You know, the person that's been there with you, and then it's just Oop, I have to do something or you know creative differences. And hopefully that doesn't reflect with the show. Maybe it'll look yeah. really a little kind of difficult during sometimes. Maybe the writing I mean, won't yeah, be as it, concise. It's definitely better at you know losing a showrunner, a producer, director in the pre-production phase mm-hmm. rather than they've shot. They've already shot you know four or five episodes and stuff like that, and then they don't. They have to bring in somebody new, somebody completely unfamiliar with what's been going on, and try to readjust yeah um but i mean yeah this is this is something that i'm i'm hoping that they shine a little bit more light on you know other planets with their empires Mm -hmm. rather than just focusing on house of atreus atreides yeah just because we know that the dune uh universe is so vast and expanse yeah i i i honestly i haven't read much of the book read much of the book but i i do hope that they do branch off and make it kind of a a compilation or is that the right word a companion kind of show Mm -hmm. with dennis villeneuve's dune films rather than something that's trying to hype it up or something that's trying to be quote unquote kind of better than it something that's its own product yeah totally i'm right there with you like I've, i've never read the books i've tried listening to them on audio audiobooks mm. um but there's so many versions out there and there really isn't like a this is book one this is book two this yeah. is book three <laughs> it's like this is dune and then this is dune something something and this is dune you know with the other subtitle and stuff like that. okay which one comes first right. <laughs> um but yeah i mean i i i have made a uh it, maybe i'll again uh deepen my research and before the dune part two comes out and have a a better understanding of what the books are all about. Yeah. It's just, it's something that's so ingrained in science fiction because it's like this and then what Isaac Asimov's kind of the foundation series where it, it, you see how 
sci-fi now is reflecting that kind of thing I mean, like oh it turns out we can have government in space or something like that you know or there's the <laughs> war there's even even if despite all of our advancements technological wise we still worry about you know drugs or at least those uh, resource grabs yeah I mean there's something that to be said where it shines the light and, and I think this is done ex- exceptionally well in sci-fi series where it shines the light on what it actually means to be a human. Yeah. And you look at Dune where it's, they've all been, you, you want to talk about tribal mentality. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, everybody is within their own tribe essentially. Like, and, right. and the only reason they go off planet is to wage war. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have whole planets and it's, uh, yeah. it's fantastic. But yeah, you could see the, tri- the definite sci-fi tribal mentality. Yeah. It's, oh, geez. Jesus Christ. But um, I'm hoping that uh, Dune Part 2 doesn't get pushed back, doesn't anything happens, it does come out in time because the first one just completely blew me away. Right. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, we still have to watch, have a, a viewing party for that. Yeah. I'm down to watch the first one, to be frank with you. I haven't seen... Oh, the... Yeah, the David Lynch uh, one? Is that the David... Yeah, the David Lynch one. And I told you last episode that I started rewatching um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, and Sky's dad plays uh, a young pot Atreus from the <laughs> treaties from oh, right. the uh, yeah the, the, the David Lynch one yeah from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, Shazam, Shazam. Where are we? Yes, no, maybe so. What are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm. It's. I'm getting excited. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw the trailer for in the big game. Uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. But now that we get closer and closer, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's almost here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was excited from the jump just because, like, I love Sagan and Levi and I love what they did mm. in the first Shazam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also really love that um, <laughs> when they were talking about, like, the actor who played Billy. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, how are you guys going to handle that? You know, Billy in the comics is a perpetual kid. Right. And then the director was like, ah, he's just going to grow up. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they didn't go to like recast or none of that shit. They were like, this is what this is the cards we got, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Um but the director came out in in a way to rally the masses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cause there really wasn't a a fit like uh um whether or not uh Shazam was gonna be in the greater, you know, DCU under James Gunn and, and Peter Zaf, Zaf, Zaslav? Yeah, Zaslav. No, wait. Oh, wait. Zaslav no, is the CEO, right? Yeah, that's the David yeah, Zaslav. David Zaslav. Yeah, Who's James the other guy? Gunn. Peter Safran? Yeah, yeah, Peter Safran. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Safran, yeah. If whether or not uh, Zachary Levi Shazam is going to fit into the greater DCU. Uh, but the director came out and said, you know, the most obvious thing that could have ever been said <laughs> by anybody. Uh, it really depends on whether or not we go watch the film. Yeah. Which is duh. So I got, yeah, of course, duh, dude. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got my tickets. You got yours? Yeah, actually, I, I actually have got my tickets. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing our part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. It's we're only a couple weeks away, um, and I, I'm hoping that if anything, it doesn't. Shit the bed like Wonder Woman in 1984 did. Right, right. It's too big. You know, see, now I'm scared. Because the problem with Wonder Woman is too big for its own good. 
Um, yeah. But this feels along those lines being, you know, too big for its own good kind of thing. Because there's a lot in that trailer. Like, there's there's a lot yes. of stakes, and it feels very... Uh, it could it has a possibility of becoming oh, too shit. bloated. Yeah, and remember we were, we were discussing whether or not it was the... the they were the daughters of Ares or whoever. Mm-hmm. It was the daughters of Atlas. Right, I see. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we, were, right. we were talking. <laughs> we we're talking gods. Uh-huh. They were daughters of Titans. <laughs> right. Or oh, okay. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I'm hoping. I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't. You know, like you said, is not too Avengers level threat for its own good. <laughs> right. I, I still, Which I, I honestly think that's probably one of the big reasons why the MCU movies struggle so much. Hmm. Because like you are introducing Avenger level threats in every film to the point where it kind of makes it, um, I don't say like, it, it makes it like pointless, you know? Yeah, it, it lessens the danger, I feel. Because you have something like, like, an, like say Ultron and it kind of gets wrapped up in the movie. It feels like Ultron would have been a bigger kind of bad guy or a bigger kind of, you know, villain when he wants to literally end the world kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm about to rewatch Ultron later today. My girlfriend hasn't seen it, but oh, there are so many. Because like I said, we're watching, uh, we're rewatching um, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. So for the first, what, three or four seasons, it, it was pretty parallel to what was happening with the films. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm at the, the part where they're talking about Ultron. Mm. So I was like, hey, let's watch Ultron. Yeah, I, uh, yeah with Shazam, I'm, I'm, I'm excited just because the DCU films kind of are just, you know, these happy-go-lucky superhero films, as ironic as that is. Because it, it, it's <laughs> like they, it, you don't have to worry about Right, the science, the magic, or the how it makes sense. It's just this is Billy Batson's a kid who turns into an adult. Period. You don't really have to worry about anything else. You know what I mean? You don't have to think about uh, the ramifications. It's just that's just how the world is, and deal with it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> there is no overarching greater plan. Right. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> You don't have to worry about to doing it. homework, you know what I mean? You just, <laughs> Billy Batson, his family's in trouble, all right, let's do this, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and same yeah. with Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman was very, you know, they're screaming at each other while they're fighting. It's like, whoa, Jesus, is this a Dragon Ball Z or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's super funny. comic booky. Compare, It's funny because the MCU was what the relatively rooted in, in realism and kind of happy-go-lucky but but the dcu feels like or the dcu at the time feels like the most comic booky kind of film you know two bad guys going at it it doesn't really have any much nuance other than that yeah and i feel like the first shazam did a fantastic job mocking at that mm. you know like there there are these iconic uh, film uh, iconic moments in superhero films where like the bad guy and the good guy are talking to each other and then in Shazam they were like a mile away from each other and Shazam right. was reacting like like, he, like anybody would just like I can't hear you dude what's going on yeah <laughs> yeah so I can't hear yeah that's why I like Shazam a little bit better than the majority of the DC stuff just cause it pokes fun at itself like it's weird yeah. seeing this dude fly around you know you're not gonna get it at the first try with the whole montage of him failing or them categorizing the powers or something like that. Yeah. 
That see, and that's also something that that because we haven't seen a child turn into a god before, mm. where deep down inside he might have like the powers of you know Hercules and the knowledge of Solomon or whatever bullshit that that Shazam stands for. Right. Um, <laughs> he's ultimately a kid, right. and that scene in the first Shazam where they're fucking around trying to discover what his limitations are and what his powers are. And he's walking around charging people's cell phones. Yeah, like people are gonna see you use your powers, but like, who cares? You know, what I mean, it exactly. doesn't. There's not really, you know, the going guys like, hey, you know, he's a spy of whoever. I forgot the bad guy's name, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's something in those films where it doesn't really, uh, you don't really think much about it. And I hopefully the second one is lives up to it, and hopefully the promised third one, <laughs> which I feel like yeah. it's gonna get it right. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah, you know, there there has been a lot of uh, slashing and gashing over at eight, uh, Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I hope that um, Zachary Levi continues as Shazam. Um, it, this all comes back to what the director said: is like we all have to go and watch it. We have to show a force that you know they might not have had any luck with. Batman, Superman, and to some extent Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but at least we like Shazam. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's something that it doesn't feel too serious, uh, but it also feels fun to some extent. Could it be the Ant Man of the DCU? <laughs> Zachary Levi says he's the Deadpool of the DCU. Um, yeah, Deadpool that that doesn't I, compare. I, Come on, man. Come on, Zach. Jesus. Yeah. Learn your comics. I thought you were one of us. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> you know better. I know no better. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I, I feel like he mm-hmm. he's he's the fan. He knows. You know, he's he's touching Captain America's muscles and stuff like that. Like I know you too, kind of thing. <laughs> so that, yeah. I feel like that's what makes the Ant Man's great is that it, it gets to have this character that's fairly grounded, but also having a great time about it. And then you have that which is M. I don't know if the second one, because it feels like the stakes are huge at this one. Yeah, it, it definitely like ratcheted up to a, a whole new level. And I think that's par for the course. Mm. You have to you have to figure out a way for the sequel to be to one up in a way the the first one. Mm. But I feel like just like with a Wonder Woman, that's a fine line. Yeah. You, know, you could have a what I consider a near perfect uh, f- superhero film in the first Wonder Wonder Woman, and to a complete and fucking total dumpster fire in the second one. Yeah, see, I man, I yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire personally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like she wasn't equipped to to take that step, make it bigger. You know, what I mean, when it comes to Wonder Woman, because the first one felt yeah. so small scale and so intimate really like something yeah. that wasn't so grandiose but here it's like one level up like let's have explosions let's have a bunch of cgi and i don't think that's i was watching atman again and uh, i like that the helmet is not this freaking you know uh, nanotech that goes back in your back of your neck like it was in quantumania it's yeah. it's literally a helmet where you have to press a button and it opens and closes and stuff like that and you get to see his face and you get to see his like emotion and his acting, but you don't see that a lot in Quantumania. So I'm hoping it's no. not like that with uh, with the second Shazam, where it's you take advantage of the technology, sure, it makes it look huge, sure, but a lot of that storytelling is kind of not there, and it's sacrificed in favor of big, monumentous moments. 
Yeah, I hope that that they they don't sacrifice the storytelling over you know gigantic monumentous dragon fighting stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so the last story we have for right now is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. This kind of came out of nowhere for me, at least. Mm. Um, I was listening to another podcast earlier in the week, and then they started talking about this, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I have to go in and do a little bit of my own research, and yes, this is true. So Warner Brothers holds the rights to the J.R. Tolkien catalog or some shit, right? Hmm. Do they? Really? I, I thought... I, I remember hearing that Amazon has shelled out a shit ton of money to do their their own spin off of um, Lord of the Rings, which Lord of the Rings and the... What's it called? Power? The Rings Ring of something? Power? Yeah. The Ring of Power? The, the Rings of Power. Rings of Power. Whatever, whatever <laughs> the fuck it's called. It's on Amazon. Go watch it if you want. Um, but I kind of feel like this is going to be a, a reboot because, you know, Peter Jackson, you know, filmed 150 hours of them <laughs> just walking around and pretty much told the story as best you could, you mm-hmm. know, with 140,000 hours of footage. Right. I like it just it just boggles the mind. Like, why would somebody would want to retackle a such a monumental story, you know, 20 years after everybody was pretty much like, yeah, this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah, it's like just thinking of Lord of the Rings being rebooted. I already get exhausted thinking about it because it, it's so a, it's a walking. right a lot of walking. Maybe the new the new person who's going to make it is less walking, you know, like more cuts <laughs> and stuff like that. I, It's Peter Jackson, as much as some of the readers of Lord of the Rings don't really like his interpretations, I feel like mm-hmm. It's the best you really you could do given the context of the books, you know, like two mediums, film and TV, mm-hmm. uh, film and TV, film and movies, right? And I feel that that's already big enough task. The closest you get to it, but to have it be rebooted, especially with now's times, you know, in terms of people don't have that attention span anymore. They had oh God, two decades yes. before. Yes. Yeah. And it's another thing is like, do you remember watching the animated version of the Lord of the Rings from the seventies? No, I do not. <laughs> that is still my favorite version. Is it? Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. The more you know. Are you serious? <laughs> totally. Huh. Let me send you a pic. <laughs> um, is it? Because it feels like it's the the was it the Christmas special of Star Trek? That's what I. Oh, oh. Star Wars. Excuse me. Oh, Star Wars. No, this is, I mean, for the longest time, you know, we, uh, fans of the genre of the book of of uh, the person had to get take whatever was given to them. And for the longest time, it was this animated version of The Lord of the Rings. Mm. And I remember middle school, high school, middle school. No, not high school. Definitely not high school. Elementary school or middle school. So one of the teachers, you know, on a rainy day back back when we used to have those, <laughs> played us Lord of the Rings. And it was obviously took like multiple days and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Hmm. Maybe it could have been because it was animated. But, you know, for me, the Peter Jackson, oh, my God, they were so fucking boring. So what what's what's I, I haven't seen the animated one, but what's it about in a few sentences uh, i guess like, well it's it's basically it books basically if i remember correctly it's a 
amalgam of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I remember they they talk uh, they talk with Smog Smaug. Mm-hmm. They they do like a whole bunch of shit stuff like that, and then ultimately ends with them throwing the ring in the. Oh Jesus! This seems like this is the whole yeah. It's a Hobbit as well. That's a lot of. How long was it? Oof, well, maybe like two hours. That's and they did maybe all of it in two hours. Seventy-seven minutes. Oh my gosh! Oh, wait, the first two are well worth checking out. The third one, the Hobbit animated. Center. Okay, not all right. Let's see. Um, it, mm. The article I found it's making it seem like it was multiple. Okay. Multiple movies. Okay. It's two hours and twelve minutes. Right. The Lord of the Rings, nineteen seventy-eight. So interesting. Why won't they remake that? <laughs> so exactly. Like, give us something. Give us something that a whole you know two generations of of moviegoers and fans haven't seen, uh, and that would be an animated Lord of the Rings. Yeah. How awesome would that be? Yeah. I mean, especially what would you want a TV or would you want a movie? A movie, right? No, you got you got to have TV. You have a TV. Yeah. That, Just because I feel like you could you could explore more. That sounds epic. You're, to be fair, yeah, you're not it. constrained, you know, for two hours or whatever it is. Right. You have the ten hours or so to play with properly tell the story. Right. Absolutely. That sounds freaking awesome, dude. I don't know why. I'm not a big. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. All right. I'm more of a sci-fi bro, but a TV, an animated TV show of Lord of the Rings sounds really cool especially given uh, some of the shows that we have with the animated tv shows that we have like you know yeah. uh, like cyberpunk and uh with the other anime stuff on netflix not just netflix but you know other places like harley quinn on hbo Gen- yeah it would definitely have to be a you know pseudo adult animation style mm-hmm. just because like in its nature the fantasy aspect it comes with a lot of violence yeah and you wouldn't want to dampen that just so you could get a PG rating. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that they're doing it. It's perplexing. You know, in just the time frame doesn't, for me, it doesn't, I still think that there, you, we should probably start letting some of the OG fans, or well, some of the fans from the Peter Jackson era to start dying off. <laughs> Because if you think if you think Amazon show was a shitstorm of you know negativity comments and everything, right? Wait till when this shit hits the fan. So, okay, do you think this is going to be akin to the prequels in Star Wars? Then at least the Star Wars prequels had one storyline to some extent. So, what this is going to be a complete new series or a reboot or a remake or something like that? Do you think it's going to be kind of like that? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't really make the justification of doing like a prequel or a, a sequel mm-hmm. to any of what Peter Jackson did because, like, like I said, he meticulously shoved so much he could possibly in those films, and I'm I'm sure he missed out, you know, still like a significant chunk of the book. Mm-hmm. But for I'm pretty sure that for whatever reason. He decided not to, you know, shoot those those parts or you know, bring that the the a hundred percent of the book to the screen. Right. 
So if Peter Jackson had already shown us the most interesting parts, and they were, to me at least, super boring, <laughs> what is what is the, the, the rebooting or prequeling this con- going to be? Yeah. And isn't already the Amazon show like a prequel? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like 100 years before the, ho- the Lord of the Rings or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Um, that's it's uh, it's weird because I all, I all I could picture I don't know if this is because I'm I'm fairly old is you know a super fast Lord of the Rings you know a lot of action maybe a pop song or something a pop song or something like that like a montage of a you know of a Hobbit working out I I don't know it's, a Hobbit working yeah, out yeah I don't oh my God. <laughs> They, it, they shoot like the last uh, forty five minutes in pure in just Chinese to appease the <laughs> the overseas market. <laughs> yeah, or something. It's it's weird because Lord of the Rings. It's like Dune. Oh, I, I guess it, the Dune would be the best comparison, wouldn't it? You have Dune, but then again, the first Dune didn't really wasn't really well that well received, was it? Mm, I think the the first one, the one that came on the eighties, right? Obviously, it, it has its you know cult following. Mm-hmm. But I think really that movie struggled. And this is completely me talking about about the movie without even seeing the film. So (laughs) (laughs) take it for what it's worth. But I feel like that movie really struggled because of the limitations in filmmaking. Mm, That's a good point. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic. I didn't think about that. It's it's ahead of its time. Totally, yeah, the story. It's definitely something that feels like it's ambitious and it's ahead of its time. So when it comes to Lord of the Rings, you have a fairly good foundation of Lord of the Rings. And now you kind of want to remake that and try to make it better or, I don't know, or tailor to another demographic to some extent. It It's as puzzling as them announcing that they're going to reboot Harry Potter. I was just thinking, I was just thinking about that. Like, how do you do that with Harry Potter? You know, you know, I, I, like what, what narrative instead of, instead of Dumbledore shaking Harry, you know, like where did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Instead of having him do that, where you just kind of follow the books and have him calmly say it, like in and can instead of like in the movies. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's especially with Lord of the Rings. I don't know how you would. I I don't know. I I don't I don't yeah. know how you put you'd make that. This is kind of almost uh, almost like falling into a category of its own where it came out a, a subset of um, films that are so iconic mm-hmm. and so beloved, you know, whether you agree with me or not, that maybe you should wait longer than 20 years <laughs> to reboot, you know? Like, right. if, if the first animated uh, Lord of the Rings version came out in 78 and... Uh, Fellowship of the Ring came out in 2000. That's 25 years or so. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have the internet for the majority of those 20 years, but now we do. So I would say you you take that <laughs> the, the time frame between those two movies and multiply it by like three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make, yeah. Just to make sure that everybody who's ever seen the Peter Jackson films are long dead, <laughs> and then and then reboot the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a new generation. For a new indoctrination. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it is a weird kind of conundrum because I could see the money benefit right, and it's always about money at this point. But we're trying uh, yeah. to grasp the the creative side of it. You know, you have a really a fairly good foundation, and you want to remake that. I can only see money, and I guess that's the 
violin that keeps being played. Just change the record. Just money and money and money. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Does Lord of the Rings have a following that, you know, it's not like not like um, Star Wars where mm-hmm. the Star Wars has been a thing in multi generations and it's made, you know, shit tons of money each iteration. Mm-hmm. Does Lord of the Rings have that capability? Yeah, I, I will. I say I say yeah. Like I'm not surprised, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely because it has the books. And for the most part, the books was the literal foundation of all of fantasy. Like, like he made elves and orcs, and you know all those characters predate every fantasy film or in book to some extent. So I, I yeah, feel like this, that's in, this, that's ingrained in people. Because didn't the the book come out in the thirties? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, the thirties during like World War One kind of yeah. thing and that's I think that was that was I don't know I'm not a token guy but I, I believe that was his inspiration of um you know making these languages you know not just something that Klingon not just Klingon but you know not like Star Wars where hut knees are just kind of grunts and kind of weird things but like yeah. elf language there's literally a dictionary that you can look up the words and know what they mean and you know all this other but stuff but is that something that Tolkien made or is mm-hmm. that something where like a nerd uh, 20 years later I think decided Tolkien to put made, it upon himself I think Tolkien made weirdly enough like yeah, yeah he based it on he did I, there's so much stuff that he did so much research so much he based it on you know human civilizations and based it on like Latin and all this other stuff like he built those things um so it's something it's well within the pop culture I feel Lord of the Rings is but it's gonna sadly it's gonna be like Star Wars in terms of generational because yeah. like like you said there's gonna be different versions of Lord of the Rings now now you're gonna have two camps the Peter Jackson camp and you know the remake camp in terms of it and I don't <laughs> think that's something that you really need in something like Lord of the Rings you know you don't want division in that anymore you have it with Rings of Power as well yeah, it's 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 yeah. It's just I can't, I can't wrap my head around why they would want to reboot a, a property as quintessential to the fantasy, you know, fantasy story medium. Yeah. Hmm. Other than money, money, yeah. <laughs> money, 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 money. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. For more info on the show, check out our link tree. And if you like what you've heard, leave a thumbs up. If you want to help grow the show, please share and subscribe. I've been your host, Joel, and with my good buddy, Ernesto. Hey. This has been Pops Also. Pops Also.